Welcome to Huddle Up, brought to you by the Fields Huddle Group. Jaguar senior writer John Osher, NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks, and senior reporter J.P. Shatterick bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Huddle Up starts right now. And welcome in. It is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. It is Wednesday, week three. The Jaguars and the Texans coming up from the bank this Sunday. Plenty to get to on this program. A preview of that Texans-Jaguars matchup. AFC South showdown. The Jaguars offense has been in the headlines this week after the performance against Kansas City when they were shut out of the end zone. The new look Texans. What do they have to offer? A lot of new. Head coach, quarterback, defensive end. And then it's on to London the next two weeks for this Jaguars team. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, Bucky Brooks joining us from Los Angeles. Good afternoon. And it's finally back to football after a tough loss last week, Buck. What's up? Yeah, tough loss. Tough, tough, tough loss. Really disappointing. Disappointing because uh, I think in two of the three phases, uh, special teams and defense, you played well enough to win. But offensively, big disappointment. Struggled up front. Quarterback didn't play well. Didn't make enough plays, and you had opportunities. So this is it's one where you want to turn the page. But, man, you, you may look back weeks later and just wonder, man, how we let that one get away. Well, yeah, and, and uh, I think the thing to remember is – Division game this week is really – it's really a bigger week for mm-hmm. a lot of things. Uh, perception-wise, last week was huge. Reality-wise, this week is it, really huge to me because this is the kind of game – and I'll see if Bucky the analyst agrees with me. Ah. Um, he's, he's many things to many different people. Um, this is the one where – Good teams that are going to win their division and be consistent and be one of those power teams, they get this one. They get it at home against a division team they ought to beat. It's, I don't want to say routine, but it's decided. Going into the last seven minutes, you feel like they've got control of it. Uh, they've really never been under this regime in this position before. Remember late last season, everything was sort of must-win – there was clear urgency to everything at the end of last season. And it, and they weren't very good early. So this is the mm-hmm. first time going in as a team that, hey, they ought to get this one. It ought to be at, at home, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's a little bit of a test of where they really are mentally, preparation-wise, all that stuff. I think it's it, it's a big measure on that one, sort of in a similar way to the Chiefs. It, it is a huge measuring stick game in terms of that part of it. This is – you know, last year we felt good about the team because we saw them kind of check off those marks as a mature team. Well, do they have enough maturity to bounce back from a disappointing loss, take care of business in a game that everyone expects you to win? Great teams do that. And they not only win those games, but they do it in impressive fashion. If this team is what we talk about, like a championship caliber team, it should be won very early in the game. The execution's at a high level. You jump right on this team. You don't give them any life. And it's not like you're hanging on for dear life. You take care of them in what I would call a championship fashion. Right away, take care of it, get it out the way, and go on to next week. Well, the uh, offense was unable to do that last week. They had to settle for three field goals in the loss to the Chiefs. They struggled in the goal line situation late. They were 0 for 3 in the red zone for the day. The offensive line had issues with the Chiefs' defensive front throughout the game. 
But Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback today, speaking with the media, said he's still confident in that line and this offense bouncing back. I know those guys are going to – we had some great meetings this morning like we always do on Wednesdays and um, some of our protection stuff. And those guys are going to be just fine, not worried about it. You know, it's all of us. It's, it's, it's all of us playing together and, and communicating. And, you know, I don't think any, any player on offense played anywhere close to their best game on Sunday. So it's not just those guys. Um, we all got to be better, and we will be. And I think we have the group that recognizes that. There's nobody that, that thinks that they played great on Sunday and, and thinks that they're above any, anyone else. So we understand where we're at. And um, I got a lot of confidence in those guys. And we'll put together a great plan and be prepared. And it starts today. And they're going to fly around. We'll have a great practice. So that was earlier today. He speaks before practice on Wednesdays now. They were out on the practice field. John, we were just in the locker room in there after. And you can kind of sense a little more. I don't know if it's uh, not tightness, but a little more maybe focus. Mm -hmm. they, they know it's a big game coming up. they got to get this one. It's a big game, and I talk mainly to offensive players. Uh, they know they didn't play well. There's no panic. I talked to Evan Ingram a little, a little bit about that, and he says, no, there's no panic um, because we, we know we can do it. There's certainly urgency. And one thing, uh, JP, you and I talked about right before the show started, I – I'm surprised that the offense has struggled, but I guess looking at sort of pulling back and looking at, at last season and where this team is, maybe we shouldn't be shocked. We had such high expectations, but this was not a consistent offense last year. The biggest game in, in the franchise in five years, they got one touchdown against the Titans last year. Mm -hmm. And so it, it has been a unit that has had tremendous spurts, has looked very good in spots, but has also been looking for that consistency, been looking to take that next step. Um, I think it will, and I think it's still searching for that next step. There's no reason to panic. Uh, it will find it, and I guess we're, right now we're just wondering when. Well, it feels like, uh, Bucky, and, and correct us here, but you know, the first two weeks, defensive fronts for the opposition have had pretty good days. So whenever they can figure out how to block it or improve week to week or get that settled, there's been so much change up front and some new faces and things. Um, you know, maybe that is what it's going to take. Maybe Cam Robinson coming back in the fold in a couple of weeks could be maybe the next step. Yes. Uh, whenever your offense is inconsistent, there are a couple of things that are traditionally at play. Quarterback is inconsistent. The quarterback is typically inconsistent because the offensive line is unable to protect. Uh, you look at those two areas, we've had inconsistent play in both areas. Uh, Trevor Lawrence hasn't been at his best. He's had some misfires. He, he hasn't necessarily been great when it comes to certain decisions, particularly down in the red zone. And the offense is going to be a little up and down when he's not uh, playing at an A level. Uh, some of his woes could be attributed to the fact that the, the protection has not been good at the line of scrimmage. You got a, a young guy and Anton Harrison, a rookie playing. You have Walker Little, who's still a young guy. Uh, you have a hodgepodge of pieces going in and out of the lineup up front. So you're going to get some inconsistency. And also remember this. Uh, the offensive line is the toughest part to develop in training camp because you don't really have a lot of padded practices and you don't have a lot of padded practices in the regular season. So sometimes it takes five, six weeks before this unit comes together. Because in spite of all the work that they do in the spring OTAs and, and all those workouts, uh, without the physical element, you just don't know how good that front five is. And so it's still a work in progress. There's hope and optimism that they'll get better. Right now, it just hasn't been good enough. I also wonder, Bucky, it, 
if there's not some of that also going on with, with Trevor and the receivers, I got an email uh, at some point this week saying I'm, I'm really surprised with all the work they do in the offseason that, that the continuity with the skill players isn't better. But offseason is a different speed than training camp, is a different speed than preseason, than regular season. So I kind of wonder, if, you know, Calvin Ridley's there and he's great. But does Trevor know in every situation instinctively to go with him on the read and with Christian as well? I think that'll work out. It it got better continuity-wise last year. And I just wonder if, if, if they're still not sort of figuring out roles, figuring out, you know, bang, mm-hmm. bang, one, two, read, one, two, read. Uh, this is where I trust Ridley here. Uh, so I don't know if there's, if there's something to that as well, Buck. Uh, there could be something to it. The difference is in the offseason, the offseason you don't have the offensive line in play when it comes to seven-on-seven, one-on-ones, and those things. So it, you're more likely to have timing and rhythm because the pass rush isn't a factor. Now when you put all 11 bodies on the field on each side, it changes that aspect of how you're throwing, who you're throwing to. Trevor now has to throw around passing lanes and those things as opposed to, hey, I'm just kind of doing this on air. Yeah, I got some defenders there, but I don't have anybody in my face. Uh, This team, I mean, we're two weeks in. It normally takes about four weeks for you to kind of understand a little bit of what you have, your identity to come through. Then it takes another four weeks for the coaches to kind of make the adaptations based on what you have. This would be a team that is a work in progress. You want to play your best football the last eight, nine games of the season. But the expectations were that this team offensively we'd be able to be high 20s, low 30 points per game just based on the firepower that you have on the perimeter. It's harder when big guys are chasing you in your face. That's what I learned from that, But Imagine that, right? <laughs> when they have uh, bad intentions, it changes the, the timing a little bit. A little bit later, we'll get into this Texans defense and what they have to offer, including a couple of rookies that are in the starting lineup for them uh, down in Houston. If you're a Jags fan who's always on the move, we've got the perfect plan for you. With the bundle of the bank, you can purchase tickets to three or more games starting at just 58 bucks per game and get the flexibility you want for your time this fall at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Doug Peterson, when we come back as well, we'll hear from the head coach from earlier today as Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. I, I tell you, these guys, um, they, 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 they fly around. They play with a lot of a lot of speed and enthusiasm and aggression. Um, it's just a, it's a tribute to uh, what D'Amico's doing down there. He, he's changing that culture. And, and um, you know, obviously young on offense, you know, with the quarterback and everything, but he's a, he's a talented player, obviously. Um, dangerous out of the pocket, throws well on the run. Um, good football team. And, um, you know, a scheme that we're familiar with defensively, but um, they, they're, they're playing extremely well. As head coach Doug Peterson, of course, earlier today, the full press conference now on Jaguars.com or Jaguars YouTube. And welcome back to Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier in Jacksonville at the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center in downtown Jacksonville, just outside of the bank. Bucky Brooks is in Los Angeles. We'll get to that Texans defense coming up, but Let's start with the number two overall pick, C.J. Stroud. 
out of the Ohio State University, a two-time Heisman finalist. That is all in the rear view, Buck. He's two games into his career. What have you seen on tape from the rookie? A uh, good player, man. Good young player who is gaining confidence each and every week. Coming off his best performance, obviously, week two. Uh, just a really solid player. When you watch him at Ohio State, he could throw with touch timing and anticipation. Probably of all the quarterbacks in that class last year, the most natural thrower, meaning the game is easy for him when it comes to dropping back, making throws, and doing that stuff. And as he continues to settle in and gets confidence and develops that synergy and connection with the receivers on the perimeter in Houston, he's going to be a problem. Uh, we better take advantage of the Houston Texans now because this is a team that is on the come. And part of the reason that there's a lot of optimism around what the Texans will be is their young quarterback has a lot of talent, a lot of promise. Yeah, they evidently think they found their guy, and uh, early results would suggest that the thing that the Jaguars ought to take advantage of this week, you are uh, a good defensive front, the Jaguars, uh, that has been getting consistent pressure, uh, has been playing stout, and you're playing a really beat-up offensive line. And Stroud hasn't thrown an interception, but you can certainly pressure a struggling offensive line into making sure his completions are shorter, maybe get one, maybe force a fumble, a sack. He's been hit a lot. Uh, at some point, the percentages are when you're getting hit that much, you're going to make a mistake and throw the other team the ball. So to me, this is where the Jaguars' defense, playing well so far, uh, should have a chance to turn in one of those performances where you feel like, man, they hit that guy today. What kind of help does he have around him there? Bucky, at least in skill positions. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of high-end playmakers, but what he has is a workman-like group that can flash. Nico Collins will, will flash and, and, and make some plays. Uh, they're getting some of the young guys involved. They have a Tank Dale, who's a, a rookie who has made, play, made plays throughout the preseason. Uh, Mechie is coming back and is beginning to kind of get into the mix uh, on the practice field and those things. So um, they have a lot of what we call under-the-radar players, no one that is necessarily a star on the perimeter, but in, in, in time, if you give those guys time and allow them to work because you don't have a pass rush, they all can get open because they're all the NFL receivers. By the way, he's been hit 19 times. Yeah. That's, that's a lot in two games. That's a lot in two games. That's and usually games. at some point, that kind of pressure over time, uh, logic tells you that balls will come out inaccurately and the defense have a chance to get him, especially a defense that has shown in, yeah. in two games and you're really 19 games under Mike Caldwell. Uh, five of the takeaways this year have been defense. That's what the Jaguars are. You would think that that would add up to being able to get takeaways on Sunday. Yeah, tied for second in the league so far through two weeks. Six takeaways for the Jaguars defense were they fourth last year. So off to a good start again in that regard this year. You know um, – this uh, Jaguars defense, um, you know, they're they're playing well, right? This mm -hmm. is they're they're not like the flashy sack all that stuff, but they're still playing good defense, Bucky. You know, we were talking about this, I think, on Monday night on uh, with Prisco and Baselli. You might have heard of those guys, John. I yeah, know. yeah, I have. Um, there's not a uh, right now, at least, a game wrecker on defense. There's not a Chris Jones on this defense. There's not a you know. There's guys that could be that in time. But there's still a good defense. So you can play good defense uh, as a collective group, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, you can play good defense as a collective group. It's called, quote-unquote, team defense, meaning uh, all 11 guys have to be 
connected and playing on the stream because you don't have that one guy that can uh, kind of tilt the balance of power on game day. And because of that, everyone needs to be on and they need to be ready to, to, to rock and roll because um, this is one where you can't count on, hey, Josh Allen, you go and get four and five sacks and you can kind of be our one-man pass rusher today. It has to be a little bit of Josh Allen. It has to be some Trayvon Walker. It has to be some uh, Caleb Von Chasen and some of the other guys that are kind of rotating in and out. It has to be a joint effort where at the end of the day we look up and we're like, oh, the team has five sacks with everyone kind of pitching in a half a sack or a sack to be able to get this team uh, to be as disruptive as they can be to create the turnovers that we've seen this team get in, in our best games. Our best games, we turned the, the opponent over. Uh, some of that is due to the pressure, but a lot of it is due to the playmakers in the back end. If you can ratchet up the pass rush, then you'll see even more turnovers go in the Jaguars' favor. I also think it's it's fair to point out that you know maybe no superstar game wrecker, but if you go through the 11, and there's more starters in the league now than 11, but just you know, each position, there's really nobody also that stands out as an uh-oh guy. Yeah. Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this is – or Robertson Harris, good. Uh, you know, Afoli Fadikasi playing well. You look up last week and Rashawn Jenkins is knocking down passes that are intended mm-hmm. for Travis Kelsey. Uh, Cisco, mm-hmm. You know, everybody I, – I, I sort of thought last year that uh, Darius Williams – was maybe a little bit of a weak spot in, in nickel. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure him moving out, but he's getting past the play. I mean, he's playing well. I I have a little egg on my face. I wasn't sure how good he was, and he's playing. You know, so everybody. I don't know. If there's a weak spot either. So consistent team defense. Um, I don't know that I would have expected to say that through two games, uh, coming into the season. And I I feel like I probably just missed it a little bit. You had 11 starters coming back. Everybody played solid. Um, if they stay healthy, I don't think this is going to be a weak unit at any point. I I don't know if it's going to be considered one of the best in the league. But, Bucky, we talked all offseason. Mm-hmm. It had to be good enough to break, serve some, and be complimentary. Uh, I think it's more than that. Yeah, it is more than that. I think uh, conservatively you can say this is a top half of the league defense. Uh, the thing that prevents the Jaguars from jumping in that top 10 conversation, top five conversation, you don't have that proven and established pass rusher that you have a, a, a track record of 10 plus sacks each year. And on most teams, championship caliber teams, uh, you have to have at least two pass rushers that are, are proven, that are established, that can get you 10 uh, sacks. Because what that does is that changes the way the offense has to approach the front line, changes protection, the protection now allows you to put more guys in coverage because it got everyone in. So that is what I would say the missing link. The final part of it, and this is what I want to see, when we have teams that you feel better about the matchup and the perimeter, do we still continue to play zone or will we deviate from that normal pattern and play a little more man-to-man to prevent C.J. Stroud from having the layups that allows bad teams to kind of stay in games because you're allowing them to get first downs because you don't want to give up the big play. To me, that's what I'm looking for early in the game. Can we cover the Texans? Because if we can cover them, then we can get out of our traditional zones and start heating them up, bringing five-man pressures because you know that you can hold up on the outside. Bucky, I know they believed coming in, meaning the Jaguars' uh, people, if you will, that maybe they didn't have the game record, but that the front seven collectively was going to be able to play well enough to – affect the quarterback uh, consistently. 
Um, it seems like they've done that. Even against Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, he got some plays because he's going to, and he got some running plays because he's going to. But it seemed like they affected him more than he's affected a lot. They seem to be backing that up, I guess is what I'm getting at, that they're a defense that collectively can make quarterbacks nervous enough that they don't get comfortable. Yeah, and talking to Tyson Campbell uh, after maybe the first game, he talked about uh, how they really worked hard on understanding who they are as a defense, really worked hard on understanding zone eyes, being able to react quickly, and they worked a ton on their tackling. Uh, It shows up because the first two weeks of the season, with the exception of a play or two, they've done a really good job of tackling in space. And so if you're going to be a great defense, it's not only about the pressure and stopping the run. It really comes down to, can you, hey man, can you get off blocks and can you make tackles? And the Jaguars have shown that they can do that. And they're playing with great effort and energy pursuant to the ball, even though coaches will always want a little more out of them. It's a nice foundation for what could be and maybe should be um, a slow and steady ascension of the charts for the defense. And credit Mike Caldwell. I mean, he said that was priority number one that they needed to work on from last year. They missed a bunch of tackles last season, and they've so far done that here in 2023. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. When we return, the Texans defense, what they have to offer. And D'Amico Ryans, his first year as head coach down in Houston. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. They don't get a ton of work during the preseason you know it's why I play the starters really you know I know it's limited in, in preseason but it's why I do play the starters so that we try not to have uh, too many setbacks as the season begins but there is some you know there is some uh, you know some continuity that has to be worked through with that offensive line there's communication that has to be worked through we, you know Ben's working himself back in as a as a starter again you know missing missing a few games from last season um, you know, Walker's playing tackle for the first time, kind of you know full time over there right now, and and um, you know we got a we got a young young right tackle. So you know there's some there's some pieces that uh, you know still need to work together, but uh, they're coached well and they practice hard, and and we'll work we'll work through those. Of course, head coach Doug Peterson earlier today discussing the offensive line and their improvement moving ahead. And welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. Wednesday ahead of week three, the Texans come to town, face the Jaguars. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and Bucky Brooks. And uh, they'll be facing the Houston Texans defense. And, uh, you know, they got some new faces there. Obviously, the number three overall pick, Will Anderson on the edge. Uh, they've got a rookie linebacker as well. How is this group pound for pound up front? Let's start there because that's the big storyline this week for the Jaguars, that offensive line and how they've uh, handled um, the, the defensive fronts the first two weeks. Uh, what do the Texans offer on the front four? Well, they offer the number three overall pick in Will Anderson, who is an absolute monster. We see the pressure uh, percentages right out the gate. He's been productive. He's been effective. Uh, he flashes disruptive potential. He's been even better than advertised uh, coming out of Alabama and landing with the Texans. He is a guy that will be the point on the sword. His energy, his ability to kind of create chaos at the point of attack will set the others up for opportunities uh, on pass rush now. Point on the sword. 
<laughs> is that another one? That's another you one. You got a new Buckyism. Got it. I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, week three, you start to see who people are. We're seeing Bucky's coming into his own as well. Uh, <laughs> you know, look, the Texans up front are, that's where they can disrupt you. They're, they're beat up a little bit in the back. But to me, this game is more about, in talking to guys in the locker room today, Evan Ingram talked about this a little bit too, and, I, and so did Christian Kirk, uh, hitting on the theme that Doug talked about Monday with just sort of feeling on Sunday like everybody had to make the play and everybody sort of had to be the, the player to make it in the moment. And so many of those guys talked about, let's just relax and let the offense come to them. Um, I guess I would defer to Bucky the player. Uh, yeah, how how tricky is that to do? You know, when you've got a little bit of anxiety and you know you need to make the play, just letting it come to you. Uh, yeah, how hard is it? Is that a real thing they're talking about? Yes, yeah, a real thing, and it's that that fine line between kind of pushing the envelope to make a play, but really trusting that the ball is going to come your way. Meaning that the, the plays are eventually going to come your way if you just play within the scheme. It's going to happen for you. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a playmaker's league. The guys who make the plays are the ones that get recognized. And even when you're a young player trying to figure it out, you understand that if I make a play, uh, people are going to talk about me. How can I do that? How can I kind of toe the line with being that playmaker while playing within the, the confines of the scheme? That is, that is something that everyone struggles with offensively, defensively. How do I do that and still remain a team guy? It's the battle that every player Kind of, kind of struggles with. It's really on coaching to reinforce those proper habits. Hey, man, run to the ball. Do the things that we ask you to do. Focus on the process. You focus on the process. The result is going to end up being what you want. I guess that gets even trickier when – you don't want to say the offensive line has been awful, but when you're not quite sure each play, if it's going to hold up, if it's going to have to roll out, if the play is going to look like it's supposed to, then all of a sudden that maybe goes up a little bit of, okay – we got to make it on this play because we're getting a little bit of pressure in the backfield at times. So I would think that would play into it as well. Yeah. Uh, on the back end of this defense, I know they got a couple injuries there. Shaq Griffin's on this team. Uh, Derek Stingley's back um, coming off an injury last year. I think he had a hamstring injury throughout the year. but And he had the interception off Trevor in the end zone uh, last year in that first <laughs> meeting, which is a tough memory to, to bring mm. up. Um, you know, how are they on the back end, Bucky? Uh, they're young, but they're talented. Stanley comes back, gives them a high-end player. Uh, they went and got Jimmy Ward in the offseason. You think about Jalen Petrie and what Jalen Petrie has been able to do in his career. I mean, they have some young, talented players that will rotate in and out. And depending upon injuries and those things, they're going to be a very formidable secondary. They might be a little limited in terms of how much D'Amico Ryan wants to expose them to, to pure man coverage. But... He's going to have a good plan. He's one of the best defensive minds in football. And he has a talented young group of playmakers that he can work with. Uh, this could be tricky for the Jags because they can throw a few different looks at you and kind of find a way to bait you into some mistakes. Yeah, I think these games are always tricky because even though early in the season, you know, I think over the course of the season, the Jaguars are going to be a better team than the Texans. But early in the season, uh, you've got a quarterback who – doesn't believe that his team's bad. You know, I mean, yeah, right. so sure. they continue to play hard, they continue to play with belief, 
So the early moments of these kind of games, especially earlier, I always think are so important because the longer you let them hang around, the longer they believe, all those old cliches. But he's playing well enough where uh, if they get some stuff going early, then all of a sudden they believe they're going to win it until the end. So early in this game I think is important. How is D'Amico Ryan so far uh, kind of handling the spotlight? He, it's a quick ascension through the mm-hmm. defensive ranks in San Francisco. Guy who played for a long time in the league, though, Bucky. Yeah, he's played for a long time in the league. He's a, look, he's a smart guy. When you talk to the people from the, the Niners, they just raved about his ability to get that defense going. You now put him in the, the big, big chair uh, where he's the decision maker. Uh, it's very similar to the way that he ran his defense. This is a team that trying to add playmakers. They're a physical team. They practice well. Uh, he's going to make it where they muddy the pitcher for the quarterback, and they're going to try and make it a, a, a brawl, make it a, a physical affair, and see if they can kind of win by playing harder, being a tougher team, and those things. But Demick O'Brien is, is a good coach, and I, look, I, I would expect him to do that. Learn from Nick Saban out of Alabama. He played for the Texans when the Texans were successful. He has a lot of that winning pedigree in him. He's just trying to kind of add his own spin to it to get this franchise back on track. The Texans-Jaguars matchup this Sunday is presented by Renewal by Anderson, a better way to a better window. Visit rbafla.com. Our final thoughts when we come back. Should we have a few? Maybe, maybe we don't. We're about uh-huh. to find out. In just a moment, it's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. We're back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks Wednesday, week three. The Texans and the Jaguars coming up from Everbank Stadium. And the Jags are one and one through two weeks, as are many other NFL teams. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, Bucky Brooks. Got to remember that part, right? I mean, it's it's two weeks in. Doug Peterson said that a couple times. Hey, we're one and one. We're where we want to. It's fine. We're in a good spot. We could be better. Sure, we could be worse. You're gonna get better. And there's 15 games to go. John. It's it's such a hard league, and and it's it sort of comes full force on on weeks like this. It's yes, it's only week three. At the same time, uh, this is a game that you sort. Of, as Bucky likes to say, that you circled before the season. Okay, that's when you ought to get. And then the Falcons are next week, and they're unbeaten. Yeah. Oh, there we go. We're looking ahead. And then the Bills are good. You know, so, oh my gosh, it's, we're it's just ahead. a hard league, Buck. It's a hard league. We're, we're you know, ahead. you we're played a bit. Here. We're over here, we're books on tape, and we're, we're we're skipping ahead. We're not just staying on task. Like we're not process oriented. We're over here thinking about the results. Uh, but you're right. In, in reality, when you think about the next three games, this one and the two, there each quarter you would like to be three and one. We have to admit it because it's a 17-game season. Uh, this has to be one that you get, and then you look ahead to the Falcons and the Bills. Uh, you would like to take care of business at least one of those, and if it's optimistic, two of those. Right. But this is one that you have to – this one should be put in pen. Like when we were talking about the, the, the preseason, when you're kind of picking wins, this is one that you kind of put in pen. This should be a W, particularly – the team they were playing it, playing at home, even though they've been a thorn in our side uh, the last few years. It's great to circle those, but then you also got to go play them. That's right. So, yeah, yeah it, and that's again, it's why it's a hard league and take the W's where you can get them. What does Barky Brooks think about it in the background? There, we, we hear Barky Brooks. Well, 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, Luna, Luna is very disappointed. Uh, she, she's trying to get over. I told her, hey, by Wednesday we got to turn the page. She was still disappointed about last week, but I, I, I told her we're gonna be optimistic. There, there's some treats on the horizon if we take care of business on Sunday. So that perked up. That's what you heard. I, we have made that agreement. We're talking about it. She sure. was kind of negotiating uh, what she deemed to be appropriate treats for win. We'll see if she gets fed or not this week. Uh, that would be a nice bonus. Um, hey, I think that'll do it. Jaguars, Texans. Good show. Yeah. Good football show. Bucky brought it today. Point, point, of, the sword. point of the sword. Point that... of the sword. Point of the sword, except for like a minor faux pas when it came to D'Amico Ryan's and Sandy Paper said much to nobody. It's okay. Hey, it happens. Uh, that's Bucky Brooks. Uh, that's John Ozier. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thanks to our entire crew, and thanks to you for watching Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks.